Welcome to the Hotel Moment Podcast, presented by Revenate, the podcast where we talk to leaders in the hospitality industry. If you're looking for trends, perspectives, and stories from leaders in travel and hospitality, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome everyone to the Hotel Moment Podcast. I am your host, Karen Stevens, the Chief Revenue Officer of Revenate. And today I am delighted to be joined by Ross McAlpine, who is the Director of CRM for EOS Hospitality. Welcome, Ross. Thanks, Karen. Great to be here. Well, you know what? We are delighted to have you on the show. So EOS Hospitality is one of our favorite customers. They use all of our products and services across their suite of hotels. So I'm really excited to dig into some juicy topics with you today, Ross. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Thanks. Okay, cool. So, you know, all of our guests get five questions before we get going. So excited to jump into our topic today, which is going to be all about digital marketing, first party data and all the goods. But first, I'm going to ask you our five questions. So first question, when did you start work in the hospitality industry? And do you remember your first day on the job? Yeah, so my first hospitality marketing role was was actually with Hilton. They have a, an office based in Glasgow in Scotland, where I'm from originally. So I'd had a few marketing positions in other industries prior to that. And I took a position with Hilton as a copywriter. So I was working on website content, really Hilton properties across the world. I remember focusing, I think, in my first couple of days on Bora Bora in French Polynesia, you know, the resorts that they have over the water. That's probably what hooked me into hospitality, you know, assuming that all hotels were were that nice. Um, so that was my very first position um, there. I actually left that that position, uh, was a temp role, and, and moved into a, a position through in Edinburgh for a law firm. But, you know, quickly realized that hospitality was, you know, something that I was really passionate about, not just because of the Bora Bora properties. <laughs> um, so, you know, not long after that, I moved into hotel management in the UK prior to moving over to the US. So man, that was my first brush with, with hospitality. With hospitality. Yeah, it is, a, it is a fun industry. And I'm sure when you're writing content to write about beautiful properties, I mean, nothing okay. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Okay, so second question, what was the most uplifting moment so far in your career? Yeah, so I was fortunate to work in hospitality in the UK around the time of the London Olympics around 2012. So that was just, you know, an incredible time for the city of London and for the UK generally to be involved in in hotels and, and hospitality. And there was just you know, such a, a focus uh, in the management company I worked for on everything that was going on in, in London. Um, and I had the benefit of, of traveling down there. And uh, my wife and I uh, watched a few of the Olympic events that were happening around the city. And it was just such a great time to be involved in, in hotels and hospitality. That was, you know, one of the things that, that really stands out for my, my time in the UK was that period of sort of a month or six weeks of of the London Olympics. It was a it was a great time to be involved. Absolutely. And shout out to London. I actually lived in London for three Did and you? a half years. Yes. I left in twenty eleven. So unfortunately right before oh, we just the missed. Olympics. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but great town and and definitely yeah. kept in touch with all my friends who were there during that time. What a what a great, great time to be there. 
So next question. So this is more of a personal question. What is the most striking experience so far for you personally in terms of a holiday or stay or a food experience that really comes to mind? I think the most impactful experience, you know, I've had is doing the time honor tradition of backpacking through Thailand and, and Australia and New Zealand. I don't know, you living in London, you might have experienced that, you know, everyone from the UK goes to Australia and New Zealand and everyone from Australia and New Zealand comes in the opposite direction to work in uh, hotels and, and restaurants in London and, and the like. So that experience that I had you know, over about a year traveling through Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand uh, was just uh, an incredible experience. You know, it just gave me so much in terms of experiencing other cultures and travel because, you know, up until that point, I'd lived all of my life in Scotland and between Glasgow and Edinburgh. So that period of time, I think, you know, impacted me in such a huge way in terms of understanding how hospitality worked and really getting a bug for, for travel and seeing, you know, so much more of culture and life outside of, of Scotland is something I'll, I'll always remember and cherish. And there was, you know, one specific moment in, in Thailand, I was sort of traveling through Thailand, about to go into Malaysia, and I was in southern Thailand at this very tiny little family-owned hotel. And this was, just to age myself a little bit, this was in the days of the Lonely Planet guidebook. This was not quite pre-internet, but certainly pre-hotel website days. And so I picked this, you know, from the book, um, arrived there and they, this family, you know, insisted I stay for dinner. They cooked this wonderful Thai meal I ate with the husband and the wife and the, the young uh, kids uh, there and then they made everything from scratch. It was, it was incredible. And then they insisted that they give me a, a ride by scooter the next day to the bus to, to catch into, um, into Malaysia to continue my travels from there. So that experience of true hospitality has always stuck with me as well as really humbling and a great memory I have from that year. I love that. And probably the ride on the scooter was equally a great adventure. <laughs> If you've yes. ever been in traffic in, in Southeast Asia on the Indeed. scooter, with, yeah. a, with a huge backpack on, you know, I'm uh, I'm quite tall. I'm six foot four, so six foot four Scottish man with a giant backpack on a on a tiny scooter was scooter. was probably a sight to behold. But That's yeah, great. great great memory. And how long was that trip? Just curious, the whole thing, the whole tour. It, it was um, just over a year. Um, all in. So yeah, I, I moved around. Most of my time was in uh, New Zealand and Australia and um, traveled around there and had some fun jobs along the way as well. You'll never forget it. Kids take <laughs> a gap year. That's what I have to Absolutely. say about that. Do it. You'll never forget it. It's amazing. Uh, fantastic. Although as a parent, I think I would be a nervous wreck if I right. recommended that to my, <laughs> to my children. But yes, I, I would agree otherwise. Still recommend it. Right. right. Okay, cool. All right. So fourth question, have you met any celebrities while working in hospitality? So I should probably admit that my hospitality career hasn't been in so much in the trenches as maybe some of your other guests. You know, I've been in on the agency side, technology side, and also on the hotel management side. I did meet Gerard Butler 
when he was in Scotland, you know, the, the actor, the Scottish actor, he Another was a tall uh, Scottish dude. He's actually <laughs> not as tall as you would think. Oh, and there's okay. some Hollywood magic that goes into uh, how he presents himself, much like Tom Cruise, I think. But yeah. um, I did meet him, and um, although he's you know very muscly, he is not as tall as you might think. But Interesting. That's, that is probably my best brush with Hollywood's A-list. There you go. Okay, and the last question for you. Who are the women at work you have been most inspired by? Yeah, I really love this question. My former boss at the first hotel management company that I worked for in, in the UK was responsible for bringing me you know, into hotel management, first of all. And she's the most organized manager and leader I've ever met. And I continue you know, some 12, 13 years on to have retained some of her tips and tricks as far as how you stay organized when you've got, you know, a bunch of different conflicting deadlines, priorities. And she was just so efficient with her time. And she built an incredible team at at that management company across all of the different disciplines of of marketing and e-commerce. And she was also responsible for saying yes to a US sabbatical for three months, which is going on 11 years now. So um, she, you know, I have a lot to, to thank her for um, for many ways, but including the fact that I had that, that chance to, to come to the US for a short term and then essentially never left. So, on. Yeah. yeah, so her, um, you know, her organizational skills and, and the way she built a, a team are things that I've, you know, t- taken into uh, my career and um, my leadership roles that I've had in the past as well. So I, I think about that period of time a lot. And what's her name? It's Yvonne, Yvonne, who's um, still working in, in hotel management in Glasgow. So I will awesome. uh, I'll need to send her this recording. She's probably there unaware of all of the things that she did to, to impact my passion for this, uh, for this industry. That's great. Well, shout out to Yvonne. All right. So switching gears, let's talk about passion. So you've spent uh, passion with your job anyway, right? You said you you spent over a decade in marketing and you've done so much working both on the agency side and now with EOS Hospitality. So I have to ask you, what is it about marketing that, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning and makes you excited to be working in this particular part of the industry? Yes, it's such a, a dynamic, changing area of hospitality. You know, year on year, even sometimes, you know, month to month, things are always changing the way that you do things, the things that you need to pay attention to. And, you know, I, I find it so interesting over the years how our focus areas have changed, you know, how focused we've been on on various aspects has changed over time. And there's just, there's never a dull moment. So, you know, the focus of the moment for us is a lot on, first-party data, guest data, database, owned assets as opposed to paid and paid media. And, you know, those things are always really interesting and and it keeps you on your toes because there is always something to dive deeper into and understand, you know, is this this the next big thing? Should we be focused on this as a management company, as an e-commerce team as well? Yeah, so that you you mentioned something there about first party data and and how marketing changes and I think one of the biggest shifts that we've seen that we're kind of still in the middle of here is the shift away from third party data 
you know, and cookies into first party data. So can you talk a little bit about how hoteliers should think about collecting that first party data? If you don't have the access to the cookies and the rest anymore, um, how should they think about collecting that? And where are they limiting themselves if they're not looking at that properly? We have a big focus at, at EOS Hospitality on maximizing the use of first party data. So first party data being data you have collected as a hotel or as a hotel group and that you have specific you know, permission to market to those guests. So big focus for my role as director of CRM for, for EOS is to understand all of the points at which we are connecting data or the points at which we're collecting data. And then how do we feed that into a central system? And obviously that's where Revenate comes in as our central system, as our CRM platform. And then how can we build up the best picture of our guests as possible? You know, what do they, where are their preferences? Where are they coming from? What do they like to book? How can we layer on experience levels onto their booking? And, you know, what's the journey of that guest from the moment that they start on our website through to the booking, through to the arrival sequence, and obviously into to post stay and how to be encouraged that one stay to become two and, and many stays. So a big focus for me is, you know, what are the data platforms that we're using to collect data and how do we get that into revenue? How do we build up the best picture of an ideal guest? And then how do we take that picture and find others just like them? Okay, excellent. So you you know you talked about getting getting the picture of a guest together and effectively using segmentation then to drive. I think that that's kind of the bottom line, right? The more you know about a guest, the more that you can really drive that direct booking. And I think post COVID, what we're seeing more and more of is OTAs are starting to make that resurgence back into the market. So can you talk a little bit about? I mean, I'm I'm sure most of our listeners are aware of why direct booking is a good idea, but how you approach that at, at EOS using that first party data to make sure that the booking comes through to you in the first instance. Yeah, yeah, it's I think a, a battle that's familiar to <laughs> probably most of your listeners, right? Is how do we take ownership of that guest when it comes from an OTA booking. And, and we're doing a number of, of, I think, interesting tests to see how we can pair up data that we capture outside of the OTA booking with data that we've collected um, from the booking itself. So to give you an idea, you know, we're testing some technology where Wi-Fi logins might be connected into Revenue and be paired up with the same guest profile that may be booked through Expedia or Booking.com. And that might give us a really good way of bridging that gap to a direct email address and therefore a direct relationship going forward. So we're testing things like that. We're also testing, you know, at what point should our email correspondence be sent in order to try and encourage a direct dialogue with the hotel as well. I think you know, the last few years, certainly for EOS, we've had huge growth as a relatively young hotel management company. We've had huge growth year on year. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of an economic slowdown, a little bit of the the travel, revenge travel and the travel boom of the last couple of years slowing slightly, at least in certain markets. And, you know, we're really turning our attention from an e-commerce and a marketing perspective to 
how do we maximize the database and the guest relationships that we've already built rather than you know expensive acquisition acquisition being either through you know paid search and media or through OTA bookings which is obviously you know far more expensive than our web direct channels that's great. You know, another thing, just kind of speaking about using your guest database and lookalike travelers, I read an article where you talked about user-generated content, which I thought was really interesting. So the idea that your guests are amplifying your brand values. So can you talk a little bit about how you think about user-generated content and how hoteliers should be thinking about to maximize loyalty and, and new bookings? Yeah. So we're, you know, we're lucky at EOS, first of all, that we have some incredible um, assets, some incredible hotels that are Instagram worthy, um, that people want to take, you know, that, that great Instagram shot. Maybe it's a, a sunset in one of our beautiful resorts in, in Key West or, you know, a great shot from, from our historic hotel in, in Washington, DC, which was our, our first hotel called the Hamilton. So, you know, it begins with, you know, do you have areas within the hotel or resort? that people are likely to want to capture moments and memories. And then, you know, what is the, how do we make that visible to other guests? I really believe that the user generated content that we get from those type of moments from, from real guests is far more of a purchase sort of confidence in, in making a purchase for other guests than stock images or images of your hotel that appear empty or, or quiet. And I think that was even more the case with uh, the pandemic where guests were concerned about the hotels that they were choosing. You know, is it safe? What's the experience of other guests? You know, I want to know that before I travel. And user-generated content, I think, is a great way just to show potential guests exactly what the experience is through the lens of people that are already there. So we make space available within our website and in various ways to showcase that user-generated content. We've also started to use that same content within our email marketing and programs through Revenue as well. And again, I just think it, it's been proven to be more trustworthy as people are making purchase decisions. And it's become, I think, Instagram, especially and, and probably more recently now TikTok, have become shopping and browsing platforms in their own right. And I think if you can amplify some of that on your website, you really you increase the trust signals and, and you demonstrate the experience far better than you can with just standard images or standard video and that sort of thing. 100%. I agree with you 100%. I think if hoteliers aren't leveraging that channel, it's a bit crazy. It's it's great to see that you're out in front of that because I think it does lend authenticity. You know, when people are looking, maybe they're trying, they're looking for inspiration. They need a, they know they need a break and then they start to see some of those images and, and it really just inspires them to make that booking. So that's exciting. Okay, so my last question for you, um, where do you see digital marketing evolving over the next year or so? You mentioned that starting to see some softness, maybe re revenge travel. I think people will always travel, but I think the high ADRs and the things that we were seeing maybe last summer starting to soften a bit. So what are you seeing for the future of digital marketing and hospitality to the new trends coming down the line? Yeah, I think on the, the travel side, first of all, you know, we're seeing some really some great numbers. I think Deloitte came out with a, a travel survey recently that said, 
you know, Americans are traveling. I think 50% of Americans plan to travel this summer. I think booking intention for hotels is up year over year and way above private rentals, which I think is, is interesting as well. And I think that talks about the experience that people are looking for. And part of that study showed that, that one in five people are taking summer trips to make up for getaways that they lost during the pandemic. So I think that revenge travel has lessened a little bit, but I think it's been replaced by a more likelihood to travel. Part of that study showed that people are taking slightly shorter marquee trips. So that trip that might be, you know, multiple nights in a, in a resort type location, but are taking more trips. So slightly shorter marquee trip, but more trips overall, you know, that's good for, for our properties and, and those destination markets. And I think, you know, overall there is a realization post pandemic that people don't want to wait for the bucket list. They want to do those bucket list experiences now and not wait for retirement or wait for um, a moment in the future. I think, you know, part of what interests me so much about hospitality is how much of a indicator of the economy it can be. And um, I think it's so interesting to think about the impact on housing prices and mortgage rates. There's data to show that people are now traveling more because they're valuing experiences and travel over maybe saving or purchasing homes. And that's, again, you know, a good, uh, good thing for hospitality and travel in the U.S., and I think, you know, there's, there's also a lot of debate as to whether the notion of the drive market or, you know, those road trip, whether or not those will lessen now that people are flying more. I think it could go either way. Personally, I think, you know, flights are still relatively expensive and gas prices have come down a little bit. That might make people more prone to travel by car rather than by flights, especially if flights prices go up over the summer i think there's there's a lot of likelihood that people might stay domestically rather than having that expensive trip internationally and again you know that's good for for us at eos we have a number of outdoor hospitality properties campgrounds luxury you know yurts and and those type of products that people are still valuing the outdoors i think on the on the marketing side we are probably like a lot of your listeners all experimenting with chat GPT um, oh, at the yeah. moment. Um, we're uh, you know, looking at how that can create some efficiencies for us in, in marketing and e-commerce, uh, particularly around content and copywriting. You know, can we get to market and campaigns faster by using chat GPT? And we've got some some interesting experiments and tests as to how we can plug ChatGPT into our websites and supercharge things like our you know live chat or chatbots on the website. And um, I'm really excited about those um, aspects that might become. Right now, for us, they're testing and they're novel and interesting. But I think you know in the next year or so, we'll start to really embed. AI or, or tools like ChatGPT will become more of our regular tool set as opposed to novelty and you know things that we're just experimenting with. 
Wow. So we'll leave it there and, and maybe make an agreement to have you back on the podcast in a year because I would love to hear the <laughs> results of the chat GPT. That is exciting. Okay, great. Well, my guest has been Ross McAlpine, who is the director of CRM at EOS. And uh, Ross, if people want to find out more about your hotel portfolio and all your beautiful properties and yurts and the whole nine yards, where do they go? <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Karen. Our website's EOS Hospitality, and that's EOSHospitality.com. And you can find out all about our uh, management company and obviously our portfolio of hotels, resorts, and campgrounds um, there. Awesome. Thank you, Ross. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Karen. Great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Hotel Moment Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 